Well, welcome to all of you who are joining us today, especially if this is your first time. And a big hi to everybody from our Kingsgate Church family, whether you're based in Peterborough, Cambridge, Leicester, or London. I'm so glad that we can still join together online this Easter. Well, we really are living in unprecedented times. I'm conscious that many of you may be battling with challenges or concerns about your health or your jobs or your finances or your family or you're having to cope with self-isolation. Or it may just be that you're having to struggle with the inconveniences of the lockdown. You're not able to do the things that you used to be able to do like go shopping, watch sports, go to the gym or even have a haircut. This whole issue of having a haircut has been bothering me a bit recently. You see, um, I've got a choice. I can either um, keep growing my hair and maybe end up looking a bit like this. <laughs> That's pretty scary. Or I can take drastic action, do some DIY, and I might end up looking like this. <laughs> what a choice. Anyway, more seriously, um, the thing about this crisis is we don't know how long it's going to last and what impact it's going to have long term. What we do know, though, is that something happened 2,000 years ago that truly has had a long-lasting and a massive impact on the whole of history and on billions of people's lives. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the events of the first Easter. You see, Easter is something that has largely been marginalized in our culture, more so than Christmas. You know, when you think about Easter, you may be thinking about Easter eggs or Easter bunnies or an Easter bank holiday. But actually, Easter is a celebration of the most important events in history. You see, the Apostle Paul puts it like this in his letter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, as of first importance, something that is of utmost importance. So what is of first importance or utmost importance? Well, he goes on to tell us, he says, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, this death of Jesus on the cross for our sins and his triumphant resurrection from the dead changed the lives of those first followers of Jesus, has literally changed the lives of billions throughout history, so much so that even today, this Easter, 2.4 billion people across the planet would claim to have their lives in some way changed by Jesus Christ and to be followers of him. And so what I want to talk today is about how Easter changes everything. And that's true whether you're already a follower of him or whether you've just been invited and you're checking out church maybe for the first time. And I want to look at three qualities, if you like, that the New Testament says are so important for us. They are faith, <clears throat> hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love. Elsewhere in the New Testament, they appear in a different order as <clears throat> faith, love, and hope. So let me look at three gifts of Easter, three ways that Easter can change our lives. The first is this. Our lives can be secured by faith. We can be secured 
by faith. Now, the simplest definition of faith is trust or putting our weight on something. Right now, I'm putting my trust, my full weight, on this stool. Imagine with me a massive lake covered with ice, and humanity has been skating along the ice. But then we suddenly realize that where we've been skating is not actually thick ice at all. It's not going to hold us up. It's actually thin ice. It's breaking up, and it can't hold our weight. Now, prior to this virus, many of us in the Western world were sort of merrily skating along the ice until suddenly, when this virus hit, we were aware that the things that we were able to put our weight on or trust in, things like our jobs, finances, our savings, normal things of life, our health, things that made us feel secure, suddenly no longer were holding us up. In fact, suddenly we realized, hey, there's some thin ice here, and it's scary and it's disorientating. By contrast, can I say there are some people in our culture today, the more vulnerable, the more marginalized, and of course people across the world in places like war-torn Syria or the impoverished nations of the world, who all along knew that life was not secure, life was a bit fragile. So that's, if you like, the bad news. We've been skating along on ice and suddenly it feels like the ice is giving way. But imagine with me that in the middle of this massive lake, there's a huge granite rock. It goes right down to the bottom of the lake. It's secure. It's strong. It's never going to move. And that's a picture of what trusting in Jesus Christ is like. You see, the psalmist in Psalm 18 verse 2 says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Notice not he's just a rock. The psalmist makes it personal. He knows God. He says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, the one in whom I take refuge. 37 years ago, Easter 1983, just before Easter, I made a decision to put my faith, my trust in Jesus Christ. I became a Christian. I got born again. My life got completely transformed over those last these last 37 years, I've experienced all kinds of times and seasons, and <clears throat> many of them good, some of them challenging. And so when this crisis hit, this current coronavirus crisis hit, like many of you, um, I'm sure for the first few days, I know I felt kind of disorientated and also almost like I had to go into overdrive. There were lots of responsibilities, things I had to fix and sort. But very quickly, alongside that disorientation, I became aware almost like of a deep inner security and a deep inner peace because I knew that my life was based on the rock. Can I encourage all of you, wherever you're at today, wherever you're watching from, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're just checking, checking out church, I want to encourage you this Easter, make a decision to get off the ice. Don't trust in anything else for your security, but put your full weight, your full faith on Jesus Christ, and he will hold you up. There's a wonderful promise of Jesus. You see, Jesus went to die on the cross. He faced the worst that life can offer, death itself, and he overcame it. And he says this to us in Revelation 1, verse 17. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and look, I am alive forever 
and ever. That's the first gift of Easter. Even in the midst of this crisis and beyond this crisis, uh, we can be secured by faith in Jesus. Secondly, second gift of Easter is we can be transformed by love. When I googled faith, hope and love, the first thing that came up was not the original verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It was actually a 2019 Netflix film um, entitled Faith, Hope and Love. It's a romantic film apparently about two lost souls who find each other and in meeting each other, their lives are transformed. Now, romantic love can be great for those of you who experienced it. It can be intoxicating. But the problem is it's also short-lived. They reckon that the initial kind of full-on in-love state only really lasts for two, three years, and then it transitions into a deeper, different kind of love. doesn't mean you can't still have romantic feelings, but that initial phase begins to wane and has to trans- transfer into something different. Well, the good news about Easter And at the heart of the message of Easter is that there is a love that is deeper, different, and better than any of the best kind of human loves. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the love of God towards us expressed in Jesus Christ. This love will transform our lives. You see, when you know that you are loved by an unconditional love that's long-lasting, that will be with you through all circumstances. It has a powerful transforming effect on our lives. I know that from personal experience. It's great to be secured by faith, but it's not just we're secure. We we get transformed from the inside out. It means that even in the midst of crises like the one we're facing in, we can know deep security, deep confidence, deep peace. As I talk about the love of God, some of you are thinking, well, you know, I don't know whether I can receive the love of God. I don't know whether I'm worthy. I'm not a religious type. I'm not the kind of person who can receive God's love. Well, let me use an illustration. I've got here something. What about you? I don't often see one of these because they're worth a bit more than the normal notes. It's a 50-pound note. And right now, it's pretty clean and it's pretty pretty crisp. And it's worth 50 pounds. Now, imagine that I decide to scrumple it all up. (coughs) I'm going to scrumple it up. Now, it's no longer crisp. It's scrumple, but it's still worth 50 pounds. Now, imagine if I take this same now scrumpled 50-pound note and I rub it here. I'm sure the team have all cleaned this, but imagine this is dirty. and I'm just rubbing it in the dirt and I'm picking up. This 50-pound note is scrumpled. It may be dirty, but it's still worth 50 pounds. Can I say that you have incredible value to God? No matter what's happened to you in life, you may feel trampled down by life. You may feel a bit scrumpled by life. Things that have happened to you that have caused you pain. You may even feel a bit rejected, a bit beaten up. You may feel abandoned. Or it may be that you feel a bit dirty, to be honest, that you feel like stuff that you've done or has been done to you leaves you feeling kind of on the inside, just not very clean. You feel like a sense of guilt or shame. Can I say it doesn't matter what's happened to you or what's been done to you, as far as God's concerned, you're still of high value to him. The question is, how much value? Well, way more than 50 pounds. Because at the heart of the Easter is that God so loved you and me, he so loved the world, that he gave what was most precious to him 
In fact, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, when you know this love, you know how much you are worth to God. It begins to change you. It begins to free you. And one of the things that the love of God does is it frees us from our great, one of our greatest enemies, which is fear. Now, fear is something that was present before the coronavirus crisis and will be there post this crisis. It's like a universal human problem. We can be afraid of all kinds of stuff. And, of course, it's been amplified in this current season we're facing. But the great thing is that when you know the love of God, in fact, when you know what the Bible calls as perfect love, this perfect love of God in Christ casts out fear. Now, what I want to do is uh, show you a short story, a short testimony. You may have noticed in in the worship that there was uh, a young lady called Kezia. Um, She's looking very confident and very fresh and very free. But actually, we recorded her story just about a year ago. And only very until before that time, she was experiencing huge fear and anxiety and depression. And then she started putting her full trust in Jesus and received his love in a deeper way. And God began to set her gloriously free. So please watch this. Hi, I'm Kezia. From an early age up until kind of my late teens, I suffered quite badly with anxiety and depression and it affected my life in so many ways. I couldn't go out with my friends or do fun things with my friends. And up until recently, I I hadn't even stayed out overnight. I felt like I was trapped in this never-ending spiral of fear. It was on my mind every second of the day and, and I couldn't get away from it. And even with the support of my friends and family, this fear just took over and I couldn't see a way out. Growing up, this caused a lot of bullying because people didn't understand why I was the way I was and why I couldn't do the normal things that they were doing. It got to the point where I just wanted to end it all. I wanted this fear to go away and to be honest with you, that scared me quite a bit. Being at church and worshiping God throughout this time was the only place that I felt safe. I'm a musician, my whole family are musicians, and being a singer, this has been the main way that I've connected with with God. I was in the youth band, and I got asked to lead worship. I was completely terrified. I was so close to saying, no, there's no way I'm doing that. But something in me just thought, no, Kez, you just need to do this. From that moment, everything changed. I realized that I couldn't do anything in my own strength. I had to give it over to God. I remember saying out loud, God, I give it all to you. I hand over all of my fears, all of my worries and stresses to you. I I can't do it on my own. I need you to take over. And I think that was the moment that everything changed because I wasn't living my life on my own. I asked God to walk with me and take my hand and show me the way he wanted me to go and not the way I wanted to go. I can't believe I'm where I am now, going from someone who was so fearful that they wanted to end their life to having a hope for the future. I'm living in freedom, knowing that God is by my side and that he's never gonna leave me.
Well, isn't that wonderful? A, a, a beautiful story of how the love of God, the perfect love of God in Jesus Christ has come to set one young woman free. And it may be that you can I really identify with Kezia there and you're experiencing acute fear or anxiety or depression. The great news is God wants to come to you by his Holy Spirit and he wants to set you free. But actually, this transformational love of God is for all of us, wherever we're at, whether we're experiencing acute issues or whether we're dogged by things like a fear of failure or um, fear of rejection or fear of what people may think. The love of God is available to come into our lives and to change us from the inside out. So that's great news. Firstly, um, because of Easter, because of what Jesus has done through his death and his resurrection and by his Holy Spirit um, with us right now, we can be secured by faith. Secondly, we can be transformed by love. And then thirdly, we can be inspired by hope. This relates to the future. Psychologists agree on the central importance of hope for our mental and emotional well-being. One author put it this way, deep within the core of hope is the belief that things can change. No matter how awful or uncertain they are at the moment, things can turn out for the better. Hope sustains you. It keeps you from collapsing into despair. It inspires you to plan for a better future. You know, we all need hope. Can I say especially in times like this? You know, we have a longing that things are going to change. We have a longing for a better future. And sometimes at times like this, we will encourage ourselves by um, imagining what we can do um, when the situation changes. Um, I, I saw a number of people uh, 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 tweeting out um, things that they're looking forward to doing when uh, the lockdown is finished, when the crisis is over. Uh, one put, go for a massive Nando's. Another, hug my barber and never let him go. I think that's for me. Put my kids on the first school bus I see. And then last one, finally be able to get hold of some hand sanitizer gel. On a more profound note, uh, the Queen, in her wonderful address on Monday, inspired us with these words. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return, we will meet again. Isn't that wonderful? But as important as this hope for a better future in this life, as it were, right now in this season is for all of us to keep us going, Easter actually offers us something even more than that, a more sure and a greater hope. It's a hope that's based, that's an, that gives us an endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this Hope in Christ is not just a hope that things might get better right now, although we're longing for that, but actually we can't guarantee ultimately in life that things will always be better. Neither is it a kind of a vague sort of hope so, just a kind of an optimistic outlook on life. No, the hope that's based on Easter is something sure, and it relates not just to turn around in this life, but a promise for life beyond this life. You see, the great hope of Easter is that because 2,000 years ago, one man, Jesus Christ, died and then triumphed over death, a real person with a real resurrected new body, the promise is that everyone who puts their hope in him, even though they die, 
will be raised to life and experience eternal life. <clears throat> Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 11. Listen to these amazing words. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Why? Because they will be raised to life when Jesus comes back and experience a glorious resurrection. What an amazing hope. You see, there's the promise of eternal life. If you like an inheritance that Jesus has purchased for us, that's laid up for us, that we can wait for with great confidence and expectation. You know, a time when there will be no more wars. There will be no more sickness or crime or viruses or pain or separation or even death. Imagine a world without prisons or hospitals or cemeteries. This is a real future. This is a glorious future that Jesus Christ has made available for all who will trust in him. It says that in the Bible that when Jesus comes back, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. This life is a journey. Sometimes it can be difficult. It has twists and turns. But one day, beyond death, we will finally arrive home to be welcomed by our Heavenly Father and nothing, not even death itself, can stop it. What a glorious living hope. Now this living hope is something that billions of people throughout history have experienced. And even within our own Kingsgate Church family, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people who've received Jesus and experienced the, all that Easter brings, the, the faith, the love, and the hope. And what we want to do is I want to um, just play out a, a, a clip of something that we actually recorded previously. And as, as we were planning for this, we thought this would just fit really well into this service. That It's entitled, Hope is Marching On. And you'll see just how much Jesus comes and he changes lives. Long can be the night of our struggle And deep can be the wounds of this life but hope lives on in spite of our trials And these soon shall pass Yes, these soon shall pass There are times of tears and of trouble We wander through the darkness of night Hope will shine inside of this battle, and this too shall pass. Yes, this too shall pass, but until it does, oh, you take the world off my shoulders, the weight of it all off my shoulders.
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And your love, it keeps on lifting me. And your hope is marching on. And your mercy surely carries me. And your hope is marching on. So great pictures of how literally through Easter, through the risen Jesus Christ, lives have been turned around, um, upside down, inside out, the right way up. But it's not just for the people you saw on that screen. It's not just for others. Easter is for every single one of us. You see, Jesus Christ died for the whole world, for all of us. He's alive and wants to meet all of us. He wants to change our lives. He wants to secure our lives as we put our faith in him. He wants to transform us by his love and he wants to give us this living hope, this hope for this life and for what's beyond this life. The question is, how can uh, we receive this? Well, <clears throat> I, I remember, you know, when I first received Jesus Christ that Easter time 37 years ago, I just prayed a simple prayer. Um, it was a prayer where I basically said, Lord, um, forgive me. Um, I put my trust in you, if you like. I climbed up onto the rock of Jesus Christ, invited him in. And I want to uh, lead you wherever you are right now in a similar prayer. So if you're in your living room or wherever you're watching this, whether you're own or with, whether you're with others, I would like to pray. And I'm going to pray a phrase at a time and just like to encourage you. you. You don't have to, but you may want to close your eyes. You can pray out loud if you like, or you just pray under your breath. I want to lead you in a prayer where we invite Jesus to come and to change our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins and rose again victorious over death. Today, I choose to put my faith, my security in you. 
Please forgive me. Come into my life by your spirit. Transform me with your love. And fill me with your living hope. In your name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, especially for the first time, to commit your life to Jesus, or maybe you were somebody who's been away from God, and you wanted to recommit your life to God. I'm just so thrilled. I want to congratulate you on this life-changing decision you've made. And um, you should see um, some information come up on the screen. We'd just love to help you as a church family take next steps in your spiritual journey. I'd also like to say that I trust that all all of you will join us next week. You might want to come on, on Alpha. Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend Alpha. It literally has changed people's lives right across Uh, the planet. And so love to see you again and connect with you again after Easter. But I want to finish because this message is for all of us, whether we're followers of Jesus or whether we've just become a follower, whether you're just still um, thinking about all that you've heard. I want to pray uh, a final prayer. It's like a blessing from Romans 15 verse 13. And then we're going to sing uh, our our final song again. So let me speak this blessing over you. May the God of hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. In other words, we receive Jesus Christ, we receive his hope, and then we can go and bring hope to others all around us. God bless you. Let's sing this final song.